We are unlocked. Welcome to this unlocked edition of the Powder Blue podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher here. Jeff, baseball's back. Finally. Finally. It's great to be back. It's great to do the podcast with you, Frank. Um, I, 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 You know, it's like you always know they're going to work it out, right? But you just wonder at what point, and then it kind of drags on. And unlike other sports, I think the minutia of things that get argued about between players and owners in the MLB, like, you know, I mean, I guess competitive tax is, is a big issue, but then like the international draft, I mean, this stuff drives people crazy, you know? The and NFL, the I think, the... is a little bit bigger. Like, people understand what's at stake more, like the dividing of a big piece of pie as opposed to the, NFL, MB, at the MLB, where it's like, what are we, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? At the end of the day, no baseball makes people angry. I don't think they care what the circumstances are. They don't care if it's the owner's fault, player's fault. I mean, yeah, there's some people into the business that, that, that look at that kind of stuff. But I think at the end of the day, people were getting really annoyed that there was no baseball. I certainly was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this, you know, it's our first time recording in a while. One thing I could not bear to do mm-hmm. was to have a podcast and all this filler stuff, right? You know, <laughs> yes. I, I will say the major outlets were able to do it fine. You know, they, they just covered other things. But, but man, some of the stuff that was out there just to try to fill time while nothing was happening with baseball, I I, right. I, I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't get on this podcast and just – you know, repeat the same storylines over and over and over again about what the roster should look like. And now we get to talk about what the roster is like. But You didn't uh, put together a team of the best backup catchers in yeah. Philly's history, right? <laughs> from the 1980s or 90s, no? <laughs> you know what, Jeff? During the shutdown and COVID, we did all that. <laughs> I was not, not going to try to do any of those types of stories again. All right. Well, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but, I don't think our our listeners would have uh, really appreciated it anyway. Yeah, well, it wasn't like being on the radio uh, in, in the middle of the shutdown. I was was I was you know on with Mike Gill talking about top uh, yeah. concerts I've seen, but <laughs> I didn't think this was the the place to do stuff like that. Uh, but but baseball is back. The Phillies are back. The Phillies may have their roster set. Uh, so we'll certainly break that down, Jeff. So uh, I guess the first thing we should talk about is the the big signing that the Phillies made. Uh, Phillies agreed to a four-year, $79 million deal with Kyle Schwarber. That's still pending physical as of us recording this. Uh, we expect it to, to come through soon and him join the Phillies in camp. What do you think about Kyle Schwarber? I like Kyle Schwarber. You know, I mean, I... I I had preferred if the Phillies were going to sign someone, big name kind of guy, big contract, that it was going to be a Nick Castellanos or maybe maybe even Chris Bryant for the versatility. Uh, as good as Schwarber is, and he's good, he still kind of comes with, not he, but the, the team itself still has question marks, right? I mean, obviously the DH now, which we all have to get used to. I hate it, but whatever. I knew it was coming. Um, helps. So it helps to have that kind of player in your lineup. But you still look at the Phillies from a defensive standpoint and from a lineup fit standpoint, and you you don't necessarily know if they're improved in other areas. Even though you've added the power and the on-base percentage, does it make them that much more of a force offensively? I don't know how to answer that question. I don't know if they're going to bat them lead off. 
I suspect that that's going to be a big option. I hope not either, but I don't know who the best leadoff hitter now is for the team. And I don't know that if he's in the field that you're a great defense, you're any better or worse defensively and you weren't good defensively before that. So there's a lot of pomp and circumstance that comes with the name and the prodigious power, but in the overall scheme of things, I don't know how much better he makes you as a baseball team, if that makes sense. You know, I really like his bat. I think he's going to mesh. I, I like. I am. I have no qualms about Kyle Schwarber hitting at Citizens Bank Park. I kind of thought they should go for a righty. I kind of thought they should go for somebody with positional uh, flexibility. You know, yep. Chris Bryant would have been great, but you know what? It, seven years that the Rockies gave him, no way. No, 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 Fair. no, no, no. Fair point. The Phillies can't do that. So if that's what uh, what Chris Bryant was going to get, the, the Phillies are better off staying out. But so kind of when it came down to it, I mean, he was like the next tier, I guess, and it costs just under 20 mil a year uh, mm-hmm. AAV. Kind of still gives them some, not a lot, but some room to do some other things. But I, I think the real question is what you said is this defense. You know, I almost feel that having Schwarber, you almost have to sign another outfielder because I feel like he's going to be put in a DH spot a lot. Like, you know, as much as they said the goal is to – mix and match, and give guys their days off, the guy you want to, to take the most DH days is going to be the guy with the worst defense. Mm-hmm. I would have thought that that was Reese Hoskins most days before. Well, now he's not your worst defender. <laughs> and right. with questions about Alec Bohm at third base, I mean, if, if they're all in the field at the same time and uh, Didi's elbow is still hurting him, I mean, it's, that's you got to worry about this defense. Very much so. Very, very much so. Um, and secondarily, I say you've got, from a lineup standpoint, you have two batters already who have, are known to have high on base percentages when you put them in, in certain spots. One obviously being Bryce Harper, the other being Reese Hoskins. And so to me, that lines up nicely to have Schwarber hitting behind them, right? To drive in those runs because he's such a masher. But he also is a high on base percentage guy who has succeeded from the leadoff spot and has hit a lot of home runs from the leadoff spot recently. And you wonder if that's because he is leading off and seeing a lot of fastballs. So if you had had him, if you have him batting lower in the lineup, does he see less fastballs and he's less of a master? Because, you know, a couple of years ago, he, he wasn't what he has been over the last two years. He went through this kind of phase where, or later in his Cubs career, he started to look like he was a guy who was going to be out of the league in a few years. So he's reinvented himself. With the help um, of I just Kevin Long, by the way. Now yes, Philly's with Kevin coach. Long, who's now their batting coach, which makes makes a lot of sense. But I still I still don't know how it works best from a line a batting order standpoint. Well, if you ask me, uh, they didn't sign him to bat leadoff. You don't pay twenty mil a year to your leadoff hitter. I would I, agree I, with. You. I feel like I feel <laughs> in terms of who gets the leadoff, I think that that's been a question I've seen out there a lot. I don't think there's an obvious answer, but I think the answer has to be Gene Segura just by process of elimination. That's so, I but then think. you might have Segura, but then to, 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 to have Schwarber properly protecting Hoskins and, and Harper, I mean, maybe, maybe you have to go Harper 2, Hoskins 3, Schwarber 4, four. with Real Muto behind him. Like I, you know, I, that's almost what you almost have to do. I, I know they're hesitant to, to put two lefties in a row because then you get the bullpen lefty in. And, but still, now they face three batters. You know, if if Hoskins is uh, the one in the middle, they'll still put they'll still bring in the lefty, but uh, mm. but 
But I, you I, do Segura one, JT two, Bryce three, Hoskins four, Schwarber five. Does I don't that know if you want Schwarber you, batting fifth. I, I feel yeah, like he's that's too either. far down. I agree. I agree. So I almost have to move everybody up. Uh, yeah, it's not easy. But I mean, that was one thing I was just thinking of to just to get um, JT up a little more. But you know, JT's been kind of. He's. I don't want to say he's been inconsistent, but it's you know two years ago the the, the COVID year he was amazing, right? Last year was pretty good, so you almost don't know what you're getting, and he is getting a little older. But yeah, you want Schwarber to get more at bats, right? You want him to yeah. have be in the top four. And JT, of course, the DH spot's going to get him more at bats, whether they be at first base or um, as the designated hitter itself. Uh, one thing seems to be clear since you're speaking of JT, got to mm-hmm. get him off those knees a little bit more because. Uh, last year, like a couple other years ago, uh, got a little broken down towards the end. So uh, you almost need to preserve him a little bit to get you down the stretch. Because as we yep. saw last year, we didn't need the, you know, another offensive collapse down the stretch. Can't have that again. Which is really the idea behind signing somebody like Schwarber, right? That your offense won't be a worry. And, um, you know, having a DH at least, that's one more offensive piece, mm-hmm. uh, which which can maybe keep some of these... Phillies rallies going that otherwise used to used to die on the hands of the pitcher or uh you know fewer holes in this lineup when everybody plays and if they they play the DH like they're saying they're going to play it there should be a lot of a lot of shifting around and just unfortunately with Schwarber your option is left field or yeah they threw him at first base at times right. um, in fact I I was I was actually surprised how little he's actually caught I remember him coming up as a catcher and it was <laughs> he didn't last long there at all. Um but uh but yeah, Schwarber Schwarber is a big bat, but finding finding the way to, to do this defense, that's that would be the one concern that I have. Almost that they need to sign another guy that can play left field so that you're not <laughs> we'll get to the next this next. What's Brad Miller here. doing these days? <laughs> Brad Miller is supposedly is signing with the Rangers, but oh, uh, okay. I don't know if Brad Miller fits anymore uh, with with uh, Schwarber being a lefty. You, you right. know, I think I think you need you almost need the Miller guy uh, type guy to be right-handed or switch hitter mm-hmm. at this point. So I think that's that's. Just, and by the way, Brad Miller, as much as we like him, he hit 20 home runs. Overall, he wasn't that great. Um, no, he. I remember he caught fire. He had some big home runs. He had not, not even just big. I think like moon shots. I think didn't he have a two home run game? Yeah, or a walk off so. home run. I mean, he he had a flair for the dramatic, going back, you know, to the bamboo thing and everything like that. But, yeah, he, only yeah. a zero point four WAR last year, according to Baseball Reference. So, right. so yeah, a lot of home runs, but overall, the two twenty seven batting average, um, on base percentage three twenty one. There, there was there was, uh, I mean, a decent OPS of seven seventy four, but uh, you know. Uh, Replaceable. He, Certainly can find somebody to fill that role. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not knocking the guy because, I mean, he's, he's been a very good backup for a lot of teams. Uh, but uh, just doesn't seem to doesn't seem to fit r- this roster right now. But, but I really want to know what they're going to do in left when, undoubtedly, and here's my, here's my thought about Schwarber, mm-hmm. they'll, start putting, they'll start out the season putting him in left a lot, and then at some point, <laughs> I think naturally – uh, Joe Girardi will gravitate towards using him in the DH spot more than anybody else. And so, so then who's going to play left when he's not? Now that brings well, who's me to gonna, my who, who, real quick. Who's going to DH when he's in left? Because you're going to have games where he's in left, 
JT is catching, and Reese is at first. I assume Hoskins, some combo of Hoskins, Real Muto, Boehm, with Johan Camargo playing some third. I, I guess I'm just saying, who, who are you getting in there on those days that you're moving somebody else into the DH spot? I think they'll just, for the most part, use the same nine and just sort of mix and match uh, with, with Camargo maybe getting more. more mm-hmm. the, I think it depends on the pitcher. You want your better defense when certain pitchers are pitching. Uh, well, like in the infield, right? You don't want Alec Bohm when Zach mm-hmm. Eflin is pitching because he throws a lot of ground balls. I would want right. Camargo on that left side um, along with, if he makes the team, maybe Stott uh, defensively, or again, you know, maybe Didi is maybe Didi will will rebound. I you know, um, pseudo gout as they call it. If it's anything like real gout, which I've had, uh, you can't do anything. Like like really, it is. I, I know I know having had gout, um, a lot of it was thanks to all the extra craft beer I drank during the pandemic uh, that that would set that off. Uh, but uh, but. But yeah, even having like a, a a single sheet on your foot at night hurts. So I yes. can't imagine trying to play baseball. But the same the pseudo gout's the same idea. These crystals build up in your joints and it's incredibly painful. So is DD better? Uh, supposedly, uh, supposedly he's better. He had a little surgery to re- to clean out some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you have a full range DD, you know you might get more than you expect. So, but we'll see what happens with that and with Stott. But if Stott's up and DD's still here. That gives you some options, you know. Didi's, uh, you know, Dave Dombrowski, uh, supposedly, as Didi explained, uh, asked him to maybe play some third this year. Mm-hmm. So if Didi slides over and Boom DHs, you know, I mean, that's that's a better defensive uh, alignment than you had. Or or if uh, Boom plays some first when Hoskins is DH, you know, there's there's a lot of ways they can mix and match. But I think what's going to happen is uh, when Schwarber does it more than anybody else, you got to figure out who then. Who to put in left? Because it seems like their options are infielders. So, so that brings me to my next next thing, which I, mm-hmm. you know, from what I understand, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over <laughs> again and expecting different results. Um, but the Phillies re-signed Odubel Herrera. <laughs> when I did my mailbag on the radio and put out the call, most of my most of my questions uh, were just why, Jeff Mosher, why. Well, I guess the why is that they couldn't get Kevin Kiermeyer. Um, now, I would say, isn't the I know the market for center fielder is not great. It just isn't. There's not a lot of guys out there that you're you're gonna you know want to bring in here, or, or that you don't have to completely overpay. I mean, it's just not a good list of names. But I, I just, I mean, it's not hard to find. A center field or an outfielder who can bat you 260, hit a couple of home runs, and actually knows how to run the bases. So, via trade, anything like I just can't imagine why it had to be Odubel Herrera. And I'm listen, I'm not even talking about the fact that he already comes tainted because of the domestic um, violence. Is it was a domestic, yeah, domestic violence thing from, from a while back. I think even if he had a perfectly clean off-the-field record, this would be the same kind of reaction because we have seen for years and years that not only is a streaky player, but that he is not a smart baseball player. And his the times when he's not smart really cost this team. They're, they stick out like a sore thumb when he does, whether it's a base running error or a fielding misplay on a, on a, on a line drive or fly ball, 
Those are the those are the times that stick out when they lose. And when you when you're constantly not making the playoffs by two or three games, it's hard to think about those moments that crush you. And that if you just had someone who had a little more discipline, could help you in those situations. I really, really, really hope they don't try to lead him off again as they did no. over. I just did not understand that one little bit last year. So I'm trying to think what what is he actually bringing. So. He's he. I know he's got a. He's got. Um, well, the price tag. I mean, is amazing. To be honest with you, I mean, to get yeah. a guy like, who's has that much experience for a million dollars is is almost yeah. One point seven five, I think it yeah. was for the year. Yeah. So some incentives if he hits them. But right. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is it is a low cost option, and maybe yeah, filling center field for cheap lets you sign Schwarber. It's just a, you know it's a shame. A lot of this is an indictment on the, the failure that was sure. the McPhail Clintac era because the Phillies had nothing to trade. Right. And besides having nothing to trade, they have so few internal options for cheap to to that fill key positions that right. that real that really really hurts them. You know, like they like they the Kevin Kiermaier thing. They would like to have him, but they got nothing to trade. And right. besides having nothing to trade. Kevin Kiermaier makes $12 million, and, and the, the situation they're in, because they had to fill so many spots with free agents, they can't afford $12 million on Kevin Kiermaier right now. So it's it's really an indictment of the previous uh, yes. administration here, and there's really nothing nothing he can do. But I still thought they could do something which is not Odubel Herrera, right? <laughs> exactly, I mean, exactly. You just thought that there's somebody out there. And by the way, maybe they're – Maybe we haven't really given enough thought to um, non-roster invitee type players who don't make teams but have some veteran presence to them. Like maybe like Travis Jankowski. There you go. Good example. Uh, well, just signed with the Mets, by the way. But I, but like uh, but the Phillies always have those types of players. Mikey Matuk the year before. Like like yeah. there's always the non-roster guys. I mean, is it really worth trying a Travis Jankowski? I mean, that's basically what you'd be trying, Travis Jankowski, instead. Yeah, I mean, you, I, I think it's worth trying to find that kind of guy to platoon with Odubel, you know, just so that you don't have to see him out there. Because right, who, who's going to play? Well, Matt Verling would be the platoon. Oh yeah, yeah, Matt so, Verling. But that's a, but that's my that's my problem with this. You know, Matt Verling. I really like Matt Verling, and mm-hmm. the thing about Matt Verling is if you if you put him as your semi starting center fielder, well, then you lose the guy that could spell uh, Schwarber and left, right? Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So like, your your depth just takes a hit too. Like, I, especially with this DH right now and the way that things are setting up, I would love right. Matt Verling to be not one of the nine and be able to go bounce around the diamonds, right? I, I feel like yes. that's that's the biggest thing that he could possibly um, offer a team, right? I mean, then now you now you don't have him. So right, is your right. left fielder going to be? Scott Kingery a lot like I've <laughs> yeah, I mean we keep going through the, like you know could Adam Hazley or Mickey Moniak have just a decent enough spring to make you think that yeah you bring you know they make the club and they're there I mean I haven't heard much about Adam Hazley since you know he left the team last year I don't I have no idea what kind of shape he's in or you know both mentally or physically or anything like that yeah he is he is in camp uh he's yeah. doing the drills I mean you know, I will say if the Phillies can somehow get something out of the trio of Hastley, Moniac, or Kingery, like mm-hmm. that would be a huge bonus. Like almost, you know, it's it's like what like what are the odds one of the three come through 
and do it's something. It's like uh, the old dart bro- board approach, right? <laughs> yeah. You just keep throwing darts and hope you, if you get one out of six, all you need is one. So you hope you're you're good there. My problem is it's the same darts every year. It is the same dart. Right? So think about last year. They had seven different center fielders. They had Odubel, Verling. Actually, really eight. Luke Williams, I guess, technically played center briefly. Right. Um, but but the others, you know, Roman Quinn signs with the Mar- Marlins. Then Travis Jankowski. Is that why Peter retired? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Resigned? <laughs> um, but, but, you know, you have – but the other guys are all still there. Like, right. so I just – are we going to have this revolving door again in center field or – I mean, how much, how much, uh, how how much give does Odubel Herrera have if he struggles? Like, will they cut him? Like, will they? You know, I, I it's it's hard to it's hard to really know what they're thinking. He will give them other than just cheap, and, and I, I, you know, I, I just I just can't follow. No, it's um, you know, center field has now kind of become that same argument of Hector Neris. He's like that we had for years and years up oh, he's back i mean listen i know i know i've had my issue with hector but i'll give him this he was he's better than what we're talking about for center field what he was as a pitcher but you always felt like you were kind of gonna go through the same highs and lows the same pitfalls every year with hector neris he was gonna wow you first for a stretch and he's gonna blow a couple of games in a row then lose his job then get it then have his role reassigned and and that's how it feels with center field with with Moniak and Hazley and Oduble. You 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 know what you're getting, and it's not great. And you're just kind of pinning your hopes that this is the year one of them actually does what you were you you are not expecting, which is kind of establish themselves. What I would, I mean, honestly, I would, I probably would look to like the likes of. I mean, there's plenty of center fielders. You know, Albert Armora Jr., uh, Delino mm-hmm. DeShields, Jared Dice. Oh, he's a little up there in years. Billy Hamilton. You know. Uh, Ender Inciarte, if he still can play center, maybe not. But like, I mean, there are people you could try. Right. I mean, that that, that are that are still to this day free agents. I mean, nothing, nothing to, nothing to dazzle, of course. But I don't know. They could have gone some other way. So wasn't Jankowski a really good defensive center fielder? He was, and he was quick. I mean, he, yeah. he introduced himself to everybody with that base running blunder. But, but <laughs> right. I mean, he could he could play defense and he could he could run. Um, Would it have been that costly to try to retain him? I mean. Oh, he was minor league deal, the cheap, yeah, yeah. baseball, baseball wise, cheap. But uh, yeah. but yeah, he's with the Mets now. He just signed with the Mets. So, but at any rate, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to deal with that. And by the way, I don't I don't love Herrera's defense either. Which no, <laughs> you've got Herrera in center, Schwarber in left, Bohm oh, at third, yeah, up the middle, is just a disaster. Or left, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, I I don't know. I, defense can really really hurt. You know what? It, and it kills the pitchers. I mean, it's not even just that, like, oops, there's an error. It's it's that means that's that many more outs your pitching staff has to get, and then the more mm-hmm. outs your pitching staff has to get, the more it's tested, and people get people get hurt, people uh, are overworked, and they can't appear the next day. You know, there's there's just there's just so much about that that I I, I mean, so, I, I, they got to figure that they they get Schwarber now, and maybe they can figure out this defense over the next couple of years. I mean, that's got to be the it's got to be what they're thinking. I mean, it's probably the best option for right now that of the options. But again, so little wiggle room thanks to uh, the prohibitive nature of of the players they had to sign because they couldn't develop them themselves. So right. constantly going to that. All right, now let's talk a little bit about pitching because um, 
the Phillies have, if everybody's healthy, five decent starters, right? And they can they have a rotation of of Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, uh, Kyle Gibson, Zach Eflin, and uh, wait, who did I name? I always do this. I always get I always Ranger get the, man, uh, Ranger. Ranger. Silly me. Right, Ranger Suarez. So that could be a formidable rotation. However, three of the five have question marks right now. Uh, <laughs> oh, last it? I Just heard, Ranger, Ranger Suarez <laughs> was stuck at an airport hotel in Colombia. Uh, a word is, though, he should be arriving uh, soon if he didn't already arrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Eflin overcoming uh, knee surgery, although, knock on wood, he looks pretty good so far. And then Zach Wheeler, who had a little soreness in December, was said to be behind, and then now he has the flu. So where's the depth? Well, I mean, where has the depth ever been with the Phillies? I mean, for for the longest time, we've tried to figure out who could be the number four and number five and hold it, and Vince Velasquez. And so now we're finally moving past Vince Velasquez, but I think you're right. The depth issues still remain, as, as long, along with the starting rotation questions. Obviously, the whole fate of the team partly, partly rests on whether or not Aaron Nola comes back and is a really good pitcher, even a good pitcher, or – what you got last year, which was a guy who just could not finish hitters at all and paid the price. So that in itself is a question. You and I have been big Ranger Suarez probably since for as long as we've been doing this podcast, yep. even when he was like not even pitching. Um, and I think when he started to break in in the rotation, not the rotation, in the bullpen, we even said this guy could probably fill out your rotation. After watching him last year as a starting pitcher, Frank, I really believe – I believe this thing can go one of two ways, right? I feel like if he could add, like, maybe one to two ticks of his fastball, he could really become a an above-average pitcher in this league. If yeah. he just stays the same, I think he's still pretty good, probably a three or a four. However, I worry because he relies so much on deception with his delivery, guile, with his the way he settles. He relies on his smarts. He's very smart, but – Second time around seeing teams, third time around, see, you know, can he be as dominant as he was last year once the the league kind of gets the book on what he likes to do? Um, it's hard to stay that, unless you're Tom Glavin, it's hard to stay that that way and be dominant. So, but I always felt if he, he started to get the ball, what, up to 95 last year, I think mm. he topped out at? Man, if he could get to 96 or 97 with what he has, Frank, I think he can be a really, really good starter in the league and just by that much of a difference in this fastball. Yeah. And you make, and you make a great point too. Like certainly he's not going to pitch to a one, three, six ERA again. Right. (laughs) Right? I mean, that's, 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 that's something you can't expect. And by the way, the other thing too, uh, mentioning uh, Aaron Nola needing to be better. I, you have to assume Aaron Nola will be better than last year. And also that Zach Wheeler, it's going to be hard for him to match last year. Right. So, Definitely. I mean, you gotta you gotta hope that uh, you get more out of those other slots. I mean, you know, as a whole, I mean, it could work out nice provided they are actually able to take the mound. But I mean, you're looking at a situation now where you might have to start games with Bailey Falter um, because you have nobody else. Right. Uh, and then behind him, I suppose it's Hans Kraus who had a cup of coffee, or Christopher Sanchez who. I think he had one decent spot start that was maybe. I mean, he only pitched like four innings, but like. Yeah. Um, you know, that's not that's not the same as having your five guys and and being in there every day. Right. And then that that the, the that's the natural lead into the next topic and that your bullpen, right? So when Bailey Falter is in the bullpen, 
uh, he's an extra helpful weapon who can give you multiple innings and and get get some outs. Yes. If he's starting, well then now now what? You get then you then you have one of these guys that might be the non-roster invitee. You might have you might have to go to um, you know, the, the back and forth of AAA of guys on your 40 man that that you necessarily don't want up. Uh, so your your bullpen depth is going to be tested if you. Uh, if if you end up putting some of them into the starting rotation, so that that mm-hmm. that that's where it where where it becomes uh, uh, um, a real real problem for this Phillies team. But let's uh let's talk bullpen because the Phillies added three pieces to this bullpen. So you mentioned Neris, so they they moved on from Neris. The Ian Kennedy is not back, right? And uh, they also um, who else did they lose? Oh, uh, Brad- Archie Bradley, Archie right. Bradley. So, so Bradley, Neris, and Kennedy mm-hmm. have been replaced by Brad Hand, Yuri's Familia, mm-hmm. and Corey Knebel. Yeah, uh, that's basically the 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 change in the bullpen. I mean, when you only have uh, eight guys in the bullpen, I mean, changing over three of them is a big deal. Plus, you're getting a, a big question mark. But Sir Anthony Dominguez is coming back. I uh, still have Jose Alvarado, Connor Brogdon, Sam Coonrod. Mm-hmm. Is that a good enough bullpen? No, no. I, I look, it's just not until they prove it to be. Um, I see the losses of Bradley and Neris and replacements of Hand and Familia as net neutral, not worse, not better. It's very similar, actually, except for one is left-handed, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Brad Hand left-handed. Yeah, but Familia is probably as streaky as Hector Neris, as hard as that is to believe there. Yeah. And maybe not, not since maybe four or five years, he's probably not as been as dominant at times as Neris has been at times. Okay. So, so, but again, I think in the, when it all comes out in the wash, it's about the same kind of guy. And, and Brad hand, just again, if this was four years ago, I'd be like, Hey, that's awesome. But he's not been the same guy. I think both of these guys walk a lot of guys, which is very concerning. Um, and then, so so for me to be excited about this bullpen, I have to be excited about what Sir Anthony Dominguez might be able to come back and be. And I don't. Is he? Do you think he starts the season with the club? I mean, can he? Will he be in that condition? He should be healthy. I mean, he, remember he made one appearance on the last day of the season last year, right. uh, just just that. to get him some just to get him some work. Uh, he struck out one, but it's not, you know. He wasn't ready last year when when his rehab time was up, so they had to option him to AAA. You, you would you would hope that the off season he was able to build some strength back in that arm, uh, but 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 really he's a wild card. Yes. And, and by the way, their ten million dollar acquisition, Corey Knebel, in a lot of ways he's a wild card. Is a wild card, right? You know, because uh, he had his own injury issues. Yes, he mm-hmm. has a he had he has some really good seasons under his belt where he's just absolutely dominant. Um, if you remember, he was the closer before Josh Hader in Milwaukee. Yep. yep. And uh, you know, looking in 2017, he saved 39, right? 178 ERA. Um, and then didn't he have a five ERA the next year or something like that or something over four? <laughs> in 2020, so he so he he was injured. 2018, he ends up lo- you know yielding. I don't say losing. I mean, when mm-hmm. you have Josh Hader on your team, uh, it just kind of works itself out, right? Right. Um, so he saved less, fewer games in uh, 2018. 2019, out with an injury, came back at the very end of 2020, uh, only pitched in 15 games, six ERA. 
um, coming off the injury. But then last year in L.A., I mean, it was only 27 games he pitched uh, pretty good, 4-0, 2-4-5, three saves, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, he could pick up one here or there. But uh, but but they're kind of banking on sort of the old Canebel uh, coming back, and and I don't know if it's so sure. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree. Hey, I think the one thing you can say, Frank, with Familia, with Canebel, with um, Alvarado, who's still there, and Hand, is that you're not. There was a time a couple of years ago, right, where you were bringing in some guys who not only were you uncertain about, but, you know, they didn't have a whole lot of teeth cut in the majors. These guys, at least all of them, have been in the majors for a while, have had levels of success, and even though they've also had levels of failures, it's not like you're just pulling them out of the minors and hoping that they're going to go get guys out, you know, like they're or, or just starting off with them fresh and hoping a nice young live arm is going to get it done when they have no experience. They have experience. I think they need to figure out a way – to maximize Alvarado without pitching him as much as they had to pitch him last year. Um, he can get righties out because he's interesting that way. But, I mean, really, if you could just save him for a left-handed specialist, although I know the rules change makes that, you know, impossible now. Um, but I, I still think that there were times that they tried to get too much out of him. And whether it's, you know, again, if he pitches one night, then maybe he does not pitch the next night, no matter what, you know, as long as, you know, you've got a, a rested bullpen. But I just thought they used him too much last year. Well, if you, again, if, if your defense <laughs> gives away outs, you, right. you that, it all that, works that, hand in hand. Yep. That could be one guy that ends up coming into the game that doesn't have to. And then if you, you know, talk about overworking people, well, what's the best way to overwork them? We'll keep adding outs to the game. And then. Right. Than needing them the next day when they should have a day off. So mm-hmm. it's really like a, that's that's why the defense really really worries me. A lot of it is about about the bullpen. Now that the Phillies, uh, you know, is this going to be the year that somebody like Damon Jones finally comes up and and makes a difference? You know that that, that you know he, he's on the forty man. He might be the guy that's that's called upon first uh, since he's on the uh, the forty man right now. Um, but they they've got uh, they don't really have a lot. Uh, compared to other years of people on the 40-man uh, that they can stash at AAA and call upon uh, when the season begins. I mean, they got a lot of these minor league uh, free agents uh, that have been added as non-roster players. Uh, some of them are going to end up making a team, mm-hmm. uh, the Cambodrosians of the world, if, well, if he's not in trouble. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I know he testified in the, uh, the Angels trial about, uh, about uh, cocaine, uh, mm-hmm. so... Um, of course, hopefully he doesn't have a problem, uh, or, or, you know, hopefully a lot of those players testifying are not actively having problems, but, uh, but yeah. Cam, Cam's around, uh, he's, he's in camp, Andrew Bellotti, Tyler Sir, Kyle Dohey, Nick Duran, Joe Gatto, Michael Kelly, Jake Newberry, Brandon, o- Braden Ogle, like, I mean, they've got a bunch of, you know, like every year, right? Every spring training, you bring in a bunch of pitchers, non-roster invitees, hoping they can maybe fill a spot in the bullpen. One or two of them is probably going to have to make it. And, uh, cause by the way, they might add a couple, they're still negotiating it, but they're looking to add a couple extra roster spots in April because of this short spring training. So, mm. uh, those guys are going to have to come, come, come North with the Phillies, a couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely. Uh, <laughs> again, depth is a big thing in baseball. And, uh, so it's time for some young guys to step up, I guess, you know, we say that every year. 
I'm yeah. just don't don't you think in the long and I'd love to know I'd love to be like inside Dave Dombrowski's head because he's tasked with trying to win now but also for the future and without a whole lot of talent in the farm. I kind of thought he was going to make make net neutral type moves like maybe sign a guy like Schwarber but then I thought maybe he would trade a guy like Hoskins, yeah. um, which, I, I mean, there's still time left. But I, I thought he was going to do something to simultaneously upgrade the main club while replenishing the farm system, which might come at the expense of the main club. So we haven't seen right. that yet. Everything right now has been built to upgrade the main club, which makes me wonder, you know, what's going to be coming in the next days and weeks. Because if he just goes into the year with this farm system – and the Phillies are just good enough that you're not going to be pawning off guys at the deadline. I don't know how you're going to ever replenish this farm system. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. I I I thought that they needed to make a an uncomfortable trade, as it's often called. Yeah. Um, bring some of these, bring some of these uh, <laughs> uh, talented players that they can either use themselves down the line or trade uh, that that they don't have in the system. I mean, I, I, you know, Hoskins seemed to be a good candidate because you could, you could trade him and then fill the position easy enough uh, mm-hmm. with somebody that you don't have to, you know, if you're going to pay these salaries, that's, I mean, I think, I think Hoskins, is, it made sense to keep him now because he has a low salary still. But once he starts getting into his arbitration years that really start to pay him, then yet, then that might be the time you see that move. Uh, you know, we could be saying in a year. Uh, that that that's the time to trade JT Real Muto. Um, you know, not because you want to get rid of JT Real Muto, but if, if you have Rafael Marchand and Marchand, Logan Ohapi yeah. and they look right. good, I mean, and and that and they're going to be cheap for a while, and you can bring in some prospects. I mean, uh, you know, maybe that's the uncomfortable thing you have to do. But uh, it, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, dealing with dealing with that farm system or lack thereof, and trying to win, it's a it's a it's a really tough one. But you know, we can't really. The unfortunate thing is we can't uh, really observe the trade discussions that he's having because obviously he's made no trades. <laughs> this season, That's right. right. That's right. You know, we thought can't rip a guy some. for trades if he doesn't make any. Frank, second level thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, but I, you know, I was just hearing. Uh, uh, pardon me, I forget his name, but the Twins MLB reported the other day he was talking about how the Phillies really were into Byron Buxton last year, mm-hmm. but they just had nothing to trade. Yeah. So, so I think there's a there's there's it's a really tough balancing act for him, and it, it's almost like he's taking the approach where he, he's you know trying to win, trying to get by, but at the same time just waiting till the young guys that he's been drafting uh, get to graduate up in the system. I mean, the, you know, just trying to bide time for the day that that you have Mickabel and uh, uh, McCabe and um, uh, Andrew Painter as your star. Yeah. I mean, provided they work out, right? I mean, right. You know, Adonis Medina. Just signed with the, uh, or was just claimed by the Pittsburgh Pirates after being designated for assignment. You know, he was a, he was a guy that they had hoped would be in their rotation by now, and yep. um, you know, he, he didn't work out. So provided, and they never traded him either. So uh, it, it, he's in a he's in a tough spot. I mean, I think we're really seeing the depth of the damage done by that McPhail Clintac era. That just yes, no doubt about it. No, the no I can't blame Dombrowski too failure. much. Yeah, there, there's a whole lot to overcome here. And they can, it's not like they can go pull an Oakland Athletics and just trade off their three best players or four best players for a bunch of prospects, and, and that'll be okay. The owner won't have it. The city won't have it. They already tried to do that 10 years ago when they had to break up the uh, 
the the World Series team and it didn't work. Again, one of the failures that you're talking about of the McPhail Clentac era. And poor Dave's got to figure out a way to navigate two really different worlds. I mean, he's, uh, so in some ways, I think Billy Bean's job is is enviable in that regard. Is that he's constantly rebuilding every four or five years, making these trades. Now I give him credit because he still winds up fielding teams that are fairly competitive. So he's good in that regard. But the fact that he's even allowed to do that, right, and get away with it, is a is a feather in the cap that Dave Dombrowski will not have here. Yeah, exactly. It pays to be in the market where, you know, people just know that's par for the course, and they don't, right. uh, you know, right. fans. And this this is a good segue to, to something else. You know, fans are fans get attached to their players, and I think that's that's a pressure. I feel like the front office of Philadelphia historically has given into, yep. you know, making making a decision that's the beloved player to keep the beloved player or whatever else, or extend the beloved player. Mm-hmm. when the better baseball move might be to move on. Speaking of, down in Atlanta, now Freddie Friedman terrorized the Phillies for years, but they're able to get a younger player, sign him to a long deal, uh, a guy that had better numbers than Freddie Freeman last year and Matt Olson, and they 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 made the uncomfortable move. Let Freddie walk. Mm-hmm. Sign or trade for Matt Olson and then sign him to a long extension. So, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, can you imagine if the Phillies had traded Ryan Howard the in that year that they gave him the uh, the huge extension and and instead, right, if they had traded him and said, hey, thinking that we won the World Series with Ryan, now we can get you know, it doesn't matter if the players would have worked out too. I mean, you could you just couldn't do that. Well, you so, know what? Very, very ballsy for the for the uh, Braves to do that. That's the, that's the example I gave uh, the other day because, you know, you might remember after 2010, the Boston Red Sox acquired Adrian Gonzalez in a trade. And who did they give up to give him? Well, Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. So if the Phillies had done that deal and ended up with Anthony Rizzo, mm-hmm. they would have been okay. They <laughs> would have been. Because he, he would have just finished that rookie contract, uh, original contract, just, just this past year. So, sure. Um, and you know, this would have been like if they traded Ryan Howard, I guess, for, for Paul Goldschmidt or something, because it was, you know, a really good player at the same time. So, because they got, obviously the Braves got Olsen and then gave him a huge contract. I, I suppose it may have gone, it's still, you're right. They cling to their their own here in Philly, understandably so. Um, I, 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 I kind of think it's funny that people are like, oh, it's great. Freeman killed us. He's out of our division now. But now, Matt, I, well, it's not like Matt Olsen probably won't be the next <laughs> Philly killer. I mean, it's, yeah. it's how it works. <laughs> now, he is... Uh... He is a heck of a ball player. You know, that's the thing about down in, in Oakland. Like, you know, and I, by the way, Matt Chapman, my gosh, he is an amazing talent. And I think mm-hmm. that uh, the Phillies, if, they, if they, they supposedly talked about Matt Chapman with the, with the athletics, but, again, they just don't yeah, have who are they to giving, trade. Right? Yeah, who are they going to give them? It's a really tough, tough time. You know, basically a discussion like that would be, would say, okay, Bryson Stott and Mick Abel. Well, may have to throw Reese in there to be honest. But, you can't, yeah, well, and then, but mm-hmm. the, or Alec Bohm maybe, but like mm-hmm. you can't. That's a lot, right? And when you have, if you make that trade, then you have nothing, right? But so yeah, it's it's I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because again, you've you've done and taken your farm system and completely, you know, now you've gutted it totally. Yeah, you have no future. Yeah, kind of. All of your acquisitions have to be free agents. I mean, we've had this conversation so many, yeah. so many, so often. You're not. It's not going to work that way. 
And that's kind of where the Phillies are. They're, they're, you know, Bryson Stott might be the one young position player that they can actually bring in, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then, you know, next year, uh, even if Bryson Stott makes it, they still have another hole in the infield because they're they're going to lose Segura and uh, Gregorius. So, right. Right. you know, it's 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 kind of a shame because there's there's no clear Triple A player this year or even Double A that's that's going to have that job. You know, it, right. it's it's there is no Bryson Stott coming down after that. Refresh my memory. Who was their top pick last year? Uh, last year was Andrew Painter, the pitcher. Andrew, uh, of course, right, the yeah. pitcher, Andrew Painter. Yeah, okay. and before that, Mick Abel. So two years right. in a row, but they're high schoolers when right. they when they're, they were drafted. So there's going to be a little while before that they can move through the system. So it's uh, yeah, it's for the it's for the long haul. But but that's why that's why I don't understand why they did they didn't try to make a trade. You know, and, and I know I got flack for it last year that that maybe Aaron Nola could be the piece that they trade. You know, provided they could. No, I, I was with him. you on that. Yeah. But if, I mean, if you could sign somebody uh, and not give up the draft pick, then I don't know. But, but, but I mean, you know, there's not a lot out there. But I mean, even like a Michael Waka gets seven million bucks from the the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Not terrible. Um, I mean, Noah Syndergaard one year for twenty one million. I mean, he you know, he would have been within reach and only cost you marginally more than than Aaron Nola. And there might be the same question mark as to which guy you're going to get. Right. So. But I, but again, it's it's uh, but it's tough to do business that way. Uh, losing some of your favorite players, I guess, is a PR move. But uh, by the way, speaking of starters, a couple still out there. Uh, Michael Pineda remains a free agent on the market. Yeah. You know, maybe somebody like him uh, could be somebody who could perhaps uh, come in and fill a rotation spot uh, and, and give you something. You know, maybe not. He's certainly not the uh, the guy of old, but uh, but maybe he could give you something. So, yeah. Um, we see. Uh, okay, so the Tigers just re-signed Willie Peralta. That was another name that was available until yesterday. So, the free agent options are are pretty much dried up at this point. But uh, we'll see. Do you think the Phillies have another move in them? Well, they. I mean, I think they have to, but it's probably not going to be a big move. I think it's going to be a depth move. Uh, whether it's outfield. Starting pitching or both. How about Jorge Soler? He seems to be. Uh, uh, God. They were they were re- they were reportedly interested in him, but uh, of course like the- I would think that that the Schwarber took that off the table, though, don't you think? Well, no, I think they need I need somebody to play left when he doesn't. So. <laughs> yeah, but Jorge yeah. Soler is going to cost you, isn't he? I mean, uh, not I don't know a- what he's I don't know what he's looking for. I mean, I think I think uh, I don't think that the Braves have room to bring him back now. Mm-hmm. Um. But kind of a do, feast or famine guy. I mean, two years ago he had an incredible year, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, then last year he had got off to such a bad start. But then, of course, the Braves' magic touch. You know, they they acquire him for beans, and then he winds up what? He was like their leadoff hitter, I think. Um, and then it kind of, you know, he was part of that renaissance that they had. Yeah, the, the Braves ended up getting re-signing Rosario, and then they, of course, they're getting Marcelo Zuno back. So I don't think right. he's a fit in Atlanta anymore. But the Marlins might be in on him, so I don't know. I, he might be too expensive. That's what but, I'm thinking. Uh, yeah, he made eight million bucks last year. I don't know if if, if they had a spot. God, he's only 22 years. Oh no, no, he's 30. I'm sorry, he's yeah, 30. 30. I was looking yeah. at something else. Yeah, 30 yeah, years he's 30 old. 30 at this point, but. Yeah, overall, 40. he had a negative WAR last year. But, but, no, it's amazing. But he had but he 48 that, home he, runs a couple of years ago. Yeah, he was that bad in Kansas City last year, and then, um, but that much better in 
uh, with the Braves last year to, to propel yeah. them to the playoffs. So, yeah. but yeah, so we'll see if there's any more moves left. I this, this very well could be it. Uh, Tommy Pham, he's somebody who's out there. I don't know what he's looking for because uh, he could play uh, play a couple. I don't know if he's a, much of an infielder anymore. No, um, I like him though. I like Angry Tommy. Yeah. I wonder what, he's one of those guys, though. You wonder what he's going to get paid. I mean, he kind of didn't have a great 2021 right? Um, after having some really nice seasons. Um, Brady Bat, who could be an outfield option. So mm-hmm. I don't know what uh, – yeah, I don't really know what he's going to want. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he wants too much, and that's why he's still available. But if he wants too much, then who knows? I mean, he's uh, he's out there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. – there's some, that's what I'm talking about. There's some names, right? They're not going to knock you your socks off, but they can provide some quality depth, which is what you need at the moment. Yeah, and Pham said, you know, uh, he was he didn't play well enough in 2021, and he was fully prepared to take a one-year deal and reestablish his market. So oh, that's, that's what that's he's looking to do. Maybe he lines up with the Phillies if, if they'll go there. But they're getting close to that. Uh, even even with the extra room, they're getting close to that competitive balance tax number. Which seems to be the the magic number uh, for what the Phillies are willing to spend, and uh, well, we'll see, Jeff. So, well, hopefully, we'll do this again soon. It's we nice will. to have Phillies baseball back. The games begin this weekend down in Florida. I already came and went to Clearwater. I'm not going to get back there, unfortunately. But uh, uh, I did get to see some minor league guys, Jeff. That was that was kind of nice. I got to see Brayson Stodd and Logan O'Happy uh, nice. there in their workouts in Clearwater and um, won't get to any games this time. But, you know, I, I don't know how much uh, the players will want to see you're going to play in these games because the, the, <laughs> you can't just let them loose and play nine innings or, you know, so yeah. this will be interesting to see. But uh, but live baseball coming this weekend. Phillies are back. MLB is unlocked. Powder Blue Podcast is back. For Frank Close and Jeff Mosher, we'll catch you next time. 